Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is the 18th of April. Nine days until the draft. What? 142 days until kickoff. That's a long time, man. I know. That seems like a long time. It seems this has been the longest off season ever. It feels like not a lot's happened for the Bucks, anyhow, other than everybody leaving our team. Drama. <laughs> got, drama. Got a little bit of drama. Let's go ahead and start with that. Okay. Let's go ahead and start with that. Devin White is asked to be traded, and he is. Thirsting after the Eagles. He comments that. on all their stuff. Like the Eagles of all teams. Who the hell wants to live in Philly, first of all? <laughs> Sorry. It's just. Um, good point. They got good cheesesteaks, I guess. If you like cheesesteaks, that's the place to live. The side of murder. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, Anyway. Um, it's weird. And. I just, you know, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I think it's the this crop of players where they're just kind of, I mean, you've seen it with a lot of these young guys, uh, Kyler Murray. Um, you know, there's been, I don't Debo know. Samuel. Debo okay. Uh, there, I mean, there's been a long list of guys in the NFL lately who have done this. And it's kind of like um, they throw a little tantrum. Mm-hmm. They delete everything from their social media related to the team, and then they start asking to go somewhere else. It's ridiculous. It's immature. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's very strange. It caught, it kind of caught everybody off guard. I feel, but the general consensus from the fan base that I've seen is everybody's like, "Okay, bye, bye." That's you know? how I feel. I'm just like, you're not in a position to make demands like that i feel like i think he's kind of overplayed his hand like he's not that and especially coming off a season like he just had yeah, yeah. not the best season like i could see after i don't know like 2020 you making that move hmm. not 2021 where we went or 2022 where we go eight and nine and mm-hmm. you know just flop, have not a great season. The defense didn't play well. Like, he, there's just not going to be a market for him. Yeah, and it he had that four, five stretch during the middle of the season. I mean, he started off like gangbusters. Remember, he ended up getting defensive player mm-hmm. of the, the month mm-hmm. in September last year. And after that, he just went downhill. Uh, we had a national game. I can't remember who it was against, but he, you know, he kind of got embarrassed. There were some plays where he kind of slacked off and, you know, he was getting blocked out of the way. And uh, even the announcers commented on it. And then, of course, the local media drove it into the ground. Yeah. And uh, the fan base kind of turned on him a little bit. You know, so, you know, I think that kind of had spoiled him towards Tampa Bay. And understandably, you know, when you play uh, almost every down in every game, and then you have a bad streak, and then it gets kind of 
blown a little bit out of proportion and then the fan base kind of turns on you, you kind of like, why am I even here? I'd rather go somewhere, get paid more money where there's a more appreciative fan base or so you think. The grass is always greener. Let's Mm -hmm. put it that way. I know, but like in Philly... Right. Like, they're notorious for booing <laughs> their own team. <laughs> right. Like, I don't understand what he thinks is going to happen. Yeah, and he's a country boy. Why does he want to go to Philly? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, during that stretch where he had really bad games, that was during the time period where his father got arrested and then died in jail. So it was kind of traumatic for him. It did affect his play, just like uh, Levante David back in 2020 when his father died. He had a stretch of games where he was just out of it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with Devin White last year. Uh, you know, these these the, the players will say, you know, hey, you just got to play through it and all that. But it, it it's obvious that it does affect them. You can see it on the game mm-hmm. film. So, you know, I, I – Kind of understand a little bit where Devin White's coming from, but at the same time, I'm like, but dude, you are not worth a hundred million dollars. That's that's what he's asking. He's wanting a hundred million dollars. Uh, he's he doesn't have the stats for it, and you know he's got he's got a lot of stuff on film that's just not you know you're like oh that was a he makes a lot of mistakes. You know he's he's kind of like Quan Alexander was in, in that you know he'll overshoot a lot. Uh, he tries to. Predict the ball too much. Try, you know, he'll get caught up in the scrum. Uh, just you compare him to Vontae David. There's no comparison mm-hmm. at all. I mean, Vontae is just so much better at every aspect of the game. You know, he's he's able to get off blocks, avoid blocks. Uh, he's a much better tackler. He's a ball hawk. He's a ball hawk. You know, he he's, he's great in pass defense. You know, he's great in coverage. You know, for a linebacker. And hell, he's probably the best linebacker in the league at all that stuff. You know, forced fumbles, just everything. Levante David is so much better. And Levante's getting what? What what's he getting this year? Four million? Mm-hmm. Something it's a ridiculously low number. And and Devin White's already the eighth highest paid linebacker in the league. I think that's a little much, you know. I'm yeah. like, well, you know, I, I can say well, he's about eighth place. Yeah, I'll go with that. Well, I think, and this happens where their draft day gets in their head, and they think, mm. oh, yeah. like, I, you know, I was drafted fifth overall. I deserve number five money. Right. But, I mean, that was five years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't live on that, your reputation from five years ago. It, that's not how the NFL works. Yes. I mean, ask anyone. I, I mean, I'll. All the player. That's the nature of the game is that it's what have you done for me lately? Yeah, Levante's getting four and a half million this year. That's mm-hmm. just that's just insane to me. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. And you ask the fan base, would you rather have Levante or Devin White? They're gonna the, choose Levante 100%. Like, no question. Yes. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Now one thing the uh Devin White does have over Levante David is he's much faster and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh the uh uh, Devin White is extremely strong. When he when he sets his mind into doing something, it's hard to stop him. Uh, the problem is what I've seen is that he doesn't. He's not consistent. You know, he doesn't constantly play fast and strong. Now, another thing about Devin White, which is amazing, is his backpedal speed is as fast as wide receivers running forward. 
It's amazed me watching. He can run backwards as fast as most of those guys can run forward. Well, I mean, when there's a market for backward fast run. backward runners, <laughs> he'll be top of the list. Well, you know, it it does. You know, those guys have to backpedal a lot. Sure, yeah. You know, but it he, that does aggravate me with Devin White is that a lot of times he will turn around and run. You know, if he's got to play uh, cover two, you know, he's got to run down the middle of the field deep. He'll turn around and run, and I hate that. It drives me crazy. You know, don't ever turn your back to the quarterback. You know? Yeah. Especially when you don't know where the ball's going. Yeah. Yet. So, uh, you know, he, he does have his his skill set, but comparing him to Levante David, there's, there's just no way. $100 million? No. Yeah, he's way. out of his damn mind. No way. Yeah, you look at it. That's $20 million a year. Yeah. Even in his best year, I would say no way. Yeah, that's quarterback money. Yeah. That's, that's Mike Evans' money. Yeah. Mike Evans. There's no way he's worth that much, no. especially when we're in a crunch. You know, we're having to. Yeah, I mean, I think he must realize where we are financially. And I maybe that's why he asked for the trade. Like, he knew demanding that much money he was not going to get from us. So um, he could ask to be traded and go somewhere where they could pay him. Well, we picked up his. We picked up his uh, fifth year option. I think it's eleven and a half million, twelve million, somewhere around that, which is. Yeah, that's good money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for the position, that's great money. Yeah, linebacker position just isn't that great anymore. No. You know, you, you don't get any, the the recognition anymore from you know the, you had the Troy Palomalos and the you know the, the the Bobby Wagner's and all that good stuff. You know, they just linebacker just kind of seems like it's it's not. I thought Palomalo was a safety. Oh, was he a safety? I think so. Oh, okay. But any in any case, yeah, I just don't. And Devin White is not the uh, center of our defense either. Well, he is the play caller. But I guess, but like he's not our stud on defense. If you ask, okay, who would you call our stud on defense? Like our like number one on defense. If I, if, I mean, if I had to like pick, the yeah, guy there, like one, Shaq Barrett. Okay, I would say Vita. Although I mean, I now that he didn't play, I mean he didn't play up to par last year. But I would Nobody say did, overall, yeah. right? Exactly. I just think overall in the big picture, Vita's our biggest stuff. Yeah, you could you could say Shaq, you could yeah. say Vita, you could say Levante. But it's not Devin White. Not Devin White. Right. No. no, he'd be fourth or fifth on the list. Yeah. Even and that's he, not to say he's terrible, but no, not a hundred million dollars worth. And it just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Like, yeah, Tampa's not used to dealing with that. Yeah, you know. And I just think it's the culture in the NFL right now. I think it's mm. these young players who are kind of entitled. Honestly, you know, it used to be, you know, you you slug through, you play through your rookie contract, um, and you. You know, you earned that big contract. And if you're lucky, you get a second big contract. And if you're lucky, you, you might get a third, maybe. Um, but now they're coming in and they want that bag now. Mm-hmm. After two, three years. I mean, Kyler Murray, perfect example. Yeah. And it's just, that's not the nature of the business. Yes. And, you know, it used to be uh, before the last CBA that, these these guys would come straight out of college 
And depending on where you were picked in the draft, you've got these huge monster contracts. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, I think Dominic Sue and Jerry McCoy and that, mm-hmm. that, that group, man, they were like the last, they were ones. the last ones. Yeah. yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. So they, you know, and that was, that was the horrible because yeah. so many teams would spend so much money on these high draft picks, and you know, and get, bust. yes, bust. And so I thought it was a good idea. I don't, I don't know if it, I like that they have to play four or five years on low salary before they get the big contract. But it's but, not that low. I mean, they're not getting, like, terrible money. <laughs> yeah, they're not out there making minimum wage. Right. And, I mean, they're not even getting, like, bottom of the league, right. you know, money. I mean, they're still getting millions of dollars. I mean, a Devin White, $11.5 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still – I mean, that's kind of middle of the pack right? as far as the NFL contracts go. Um, so I don't know. They've just, it's, it's taken a turn where they're, uh, expecting it right up front and sorry, you got to prove it. Yes. And it's something that's definitely changed a lot over my lifetime watching the NFL is uh, players just are not committed to teams anymore. You, you hear it from the, the talking heads and, and, and ex players and all that. They, they always say, get your money. Mm-hmm. Get your money. You know, these te- these teams don't care about you. The owners don't care about you. You get your money. Mm-hmm. And it's a very selfish attitude. It's one of the things I liked is about the NFL when I was growing up was that people back then, you didn't have the free agency like you do now and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. I mean, generally, when you were drafted by a team, you were on that team for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you guys seemed much more dedicated to the team, the city, the fans, and all that. Now, I don't know. You just feel like they're they're in it for themselves. Everybody's in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It seems like so. Uh, you get stuff like this, and fans don't like it. Yeah. Fans like to think that hey, you know, you're you care about us, you care about the city, mm-hmm. you care about the team. But when it comes down to it, most of these guys don't. You know, they don't care if they're playing for Tampa or Washington or Arizona or mm-hmm. Seattle. I mean, so they all have their different benefits, but really what it all comes down to is how much you going to pay me? How much you going to pay me? So. Well, I also wonder if it's not rats jumping off the sinking ship, yeah, you know, too. with yeah. our team, like clearly our era of greatness is over. Boy, it didn't last long. <laughs> it never does. It doesn't. Two years. I mean, yeah, that's the nature of the NFL. Again, mm-hmm. I mean, like these dynasty teams are few and far between. So, but we always knew that with Tom Brady that that was going to be the case. And, you know, we've lost people from that Super Bowl team, Sue, JPP, um, SMB, Mike Edward, you know, on the defense. And then, you know, on Fortnite. offense, yeah, Gronk, Fournette, Marpet, um, Donovan, Marpet, Smith. Donovan, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I do a lot of times like to think about a work environment. With the NFL and what happens when, like, all your friends leave, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it sucks and you are stuck in the in the same job and it's not the same. And, um, and then it's, like, it's kind of contagious where people leave. Yes. And well, especially like- these NFL guys, they're stuck in a contract. So he can't leave. He can't just quit. You right. know, you can't quit yeah. and find another job. This is the way that you have to do it. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like when Ali Marpet retired, you know, Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet, they kind of played together since they came into the league. They were best friends. They did podcasts together and all that good stuff. 
And I think it was depressing for Donovan Smith. Uh, I think it was one of the reasons why he played so bad last year. Just, I think a lot of stuff happened in his life. I, the whole team, it seemed like everybody had personal issues going on that really affected their play. But, uh, you know, Donovan just didn't seem like he was into it last year. And then, you know, we got worse this year. Uh, him and Josh Wells were best friends. Josh Wells has now gone to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't know how that's going to affect him. And then he was asked at the uh, media yesterday because we had our uh, off-season conditioning program started yesterday. So Wirfs gave a, a media interview, and uh, they asked him about Shaq Mason. And he was like, that one really stunk. Because he really liked Shaq Mason. They got along real well. And the, just the way he said it, you could tell you were like, oh, oh man. You know, he they – that that did hurt him, you know. Yeah. So he he's lost two of his friends, you know, Josh Wells and Shaq Mason. So how's that going to affect him yeah. this year? Well, and Donovan and Allie. I yeah. Mean, he probably. Yeah. Um, he's taking. The, they're starting their workouts, and he's taking uh, snaps at left tackle. Right. Mm-hmm. And he also said that the Dan Canales has said that the. The, the identity of this team this year is going to be running. And he's all excited about it. He was like, you know, okay. the, you know, offensive linemen love to run blocks. So, uh, we'll, so we'll see how that goes. So that, that's interesting. <laughs> but I'm, I'm interested in what the fan base thinks about that because this is a, a typical case. And the Buccaneers do this all the time where when they're deficit in one area, they just kind of go all in to try and patch it up the next year. And you end up getting this unbalance. Uh, remember when uh, the Greg Shano came in? You know, he was a disciplinarian and he had to fix the team from uh, the youngries, uh, you know, this undisciplined bunch of young guys who, you know, they were all doing drugs, going to strip clubs and all that good stuff. So they bring in, they go from this 100% players coach mm-hmm. to this disciplinarian. He comes in. You know, uh, cleans the house, gets the defense all really playing well, except for the secondary. You know, we were started getting whooped. I mean, we had the, I think it was a, t- a top 10, top 12 mm-hmm. run defense in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden people were throwing over top of us and we were getting burned deep. So then the next year, what do we do? We go out and we get, we draft. Uh, Baron and we get uh, Revis. Th- th- yeah, Daryl Revis in free agency. So, you know, we went over the top with that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that didn't work out. And then we, you know, end up firing Shiano and bringing in Mr. Uh, personality. Mr. Personality <laughs> and Lovey Smith. And then, you know, that didn't work out. And then we ended up bringing in an offensive guru with. Dirt Cutter, that didn't work. You know, it's just we just go back and forth. And it seems like that's what we're doing this year. You know, we're going from pass happy, uh, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown, Tom Brady, you know, our running backs were pass catching running backs. And now we're going to be a run focused team because we were the last in the league at running. So now we got to. So, is this going to turn into a disaster? When you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in your team, you throw the damn ball. I know. That's just how it works. You're dumb if you don't. I mean, I love the running game. I'd like to see us get better at the running game. I think last year was a wash all the way around. I think you can blame 
Byron Leftwich, if you want, you can blame the offensive line, you can blame Tom Brady, you can blame the defense, you can blame the defensive line, anybody you want to blame, you could blame last year because they all sucked. I don't think it's a good idea to go, well, we were last in running, so we're going to be run-focused this year. I don't think it's going to work out well, but we'll see. We'll see. Let let us know what y'all think. I'm very interested in what everybody's view is on what's going on this year. To me, it seems like we are just setting ourselves up for mediocrity or lower. I just don't see the drive to to be champions. You know, so I feel like everybody's just kind of clinging on. Yeah, I agree. And I think the division has gotten a lot more competitive this offseason. You know, the Saints got Derek Carr, nah. so they've got a starting caliber quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the Carolina, I mean, they are just making moves. They're shelling out money. They have a ton left and the first overall draft pick. So the, we got that. Uh, Atlanta, they're making some moves. They got Bud Dupree. Um, they're spending money. So, you know, at the, on December 31st or January 5th, whatever, we felt like, oh, you know, it's okay because the division still sucks. Well, that's not the case anymore. (laughs) So, I mean, people uh, that are division opponents, they all see there's a vacuum, there's Mm -hmm. an opening and they're all going for it. Are we going for it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I really don't. I, I don't have a lot of faith in our head coach. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and talk crap about him and say he needs to be fired and everything. But after last year, just the way it just everything collapsed. You know, I laid it squarely on the feet of the head coach because it did seem it was a systemic problem all the way around. <laughs> and I, I, I don't feel confident that you know he's. I don't know, dude. It just leadership is hard, and I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. Yes, right. Um, Head coach, though, is just a whole different beast. Yes, I. It's like Cutter. Cutter was a Mm -hmm. genius offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, just did not have that leadership quality. You know, that's another thing with Devin White. You've got Todd Bowles is just gushed about Devin White. I mean, ever since ever since Ty Bowles has been here. And he's used Devin White, kind of how Devin White needs to be used. You know, he's a he's a sideline to sideline linebacker and re- blitz the quarterback. That is what Devin White is good at. He's not mm-hmm. good in coverage. You know, he's not good at, you know, dropping back 20 yards and, you know, covering the deep end. He can run back there real he fast. He can run back there good. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, in open space tackling, he's not that great. But, you know, let, he, let him catch you sideways or, you know, Working, you know, sideline to sideline, you know, he's, he's fast. So he's going to, mm-hmm. you know, and he's strong. So he can bust through the offensive line, all that good stuff. But, I, you know, Todd Bowles has just raved about Devin White and said that Devin White is consistently one of the two top players on defense, you know, which to me is insane. I, you know, I don't know what he's looking at, but. Todd Bowles really loves Devin White. And for Devin White to pull this mess with Todd Bowles yeah, behind him. Yeah, that's kind of a slap in the face. Yes, and it's going to be interesting as if this is going to cough a rift between Light and Bowles because, you know, if Light trades him and Todd Bowles really wants to keep him, you know, that's the, the, the way Todd Bowles talks about Devin White, I get the feeling that Devin White is his favorite player. And 
you know, if if Light gets rid of his favorite player, that could cause some serious issues with well, this team. And I think Devin White, when he was brought in, was kind of the successor to Levante David. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, that was always the idea. And um he it's like he is not realizing what time it is or what is in store for him if he stays. I, I don't know. It's just he's overplaying his hand. I, th- I think so. It, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we trade him, not at all. Matter of fact, I'm, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Uh, well, I, it hasn't happened yet. So what can it'll I work it? It'll be after the draft. You think so? Think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so because I think we would want draft picks. That's true. Too. We want pay, oh, like we need something to compensate us for that. If we do it after the draft, you can't. You know, yeah. we're gonna wait next year to get what right. we want. I don't. I don't think so. I think Good they point. do it before the draft. Good point. And it might happen draft night. Yeah, it could. Yeah. I doubt that we get like we're not getting a first round for him, but um. No. No. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if Devin, why, I mean, why did he wait so late in the year to pull the stunt? Yeah, that was kind of dumb too. Like free agency is, I mean, anyone who's got a hole at linebacker. It's already been plugged. And they filled it or they're looking towards the draft to do it. Yeah. And, and Devin White doesn't have any leverage here because, you know, we've got him on this fifth year contract. The only option he has to sit out. Yeah. So is he going to do that? And that'll hurt him. And we have the opportunity to draft his replacement as an insurance policy, which is what I would want to do, uh, just in case he does pull the, I'm going to sit out until you trade me. So then we're not hosed. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. But speaking about uh, linebackers, Derek Brooks's birthday today. So oh. happy birthday. He is 50 years old and Dang if that don't make me feel old. <laughs> not that not that I need any more reminders. <laughs> but Derek Brooks is fifty. Wow. Good lord. I remember when he was a young buck. <laughs> <laughs> he is he reminds me so much of Levante David in the sense that they were just quiet, hardworking guys that never got any recognition. You know, there it's it's weird. We can't we we have all these Hall of Famers that came from that defense. You know, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber. And there were a lot of other good players on there, too. Simeon Rice, uh, Donnie Abraham. But we we forget that when they were playing, they were not hailed as, you know, they were, they were not, all, you know, like the, the, the media darlings and all this. As a matter of fact, nobody really knew John Lynch and Derek mm-hmm. Brooks and mm-hmm. Rondé Barber were. Everybody knew who Warren Sapp was. But while they were playing, nobody, it wasn't until after they all retired that people started going, wow, that, that defense was pretty good. Those guys were pretty good. Mm-hmm. But Derrick Brooks was always just a quiet, you know, even the, even the interceptions he had, the touchdowns of the Super Bowl and stuff. You know, everybody was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's because, uh, John Gruden knew the offense. You know, they just never got the credit while they were playing. And I feel that way with Levante David. I think Levante is going to be one of those guys that after he retires, Everybody's going to look at just his stats mm-hmm. and go, "Holy crap! Mm-hmm. How did we miss this guy?" He yeah. was, but he, you know, he's, and we've talked about this before. Him coming in with Luke Keekley and yeah. 
And something got overshadowed that way. Yeah. I think the Panthers really put Keekly out there. As, and the media. You know. Media. Yeah. Levante David sure. is he he basically hides from the media. Remember when he had the we had the hard knocks, I think it was 2017, uh came. He hid from them. We did. Yes, he I said he said that he he was going to hide from because he just didn't want the distraction. He's just not a media guy. He doesn't want to be in front of the cameras. You know, he's not one of those guys that, you know, has to get all this attention and stuff. He's a He's just a worker. He does his thing, mm. and uh, he did. He was pretty successful with that too. I think uh, in training camp, like four weeks into training camp, or three weeks in, somebody asked him, "How's it going with the Hard Knocks camera?" And he said, "Well, I've done really good with hiding. They haven't caught me yet." <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, I, you know, but Keekley was different. Keekley was always in front of the camera. You know, he had the blue eyes, the the look. He he spoke mm. well. He was. You know, always interviewed after the games mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And when the, when you do that with the media, they will lift you up. They will talk good about you. We've we, we've had that instance in, with the well, Buccaneers like, a lot. They're lazy, and so yeah. when you make it very easy for them to yes. talk about you and promote, I mean, for Levante, like he's going to have to. They would have to like seek him out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know look at the stats and see how effective he is. Look yeah. at him on film. They're yes. not going to do that. Yes. Yes, and Derek Brooks was kind of the same way. You know, he wasn't a media darling. He wasn't outspoken. You know, he was just very strong and, you know, the, the quiet leadership type. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we're going to do the same thing that we did with Derek Brooks. And, and the way we the Buccaneers organization treated Derek Brooks, you know, his contract was up. We were just kind of like, man, bye. bye. And, you know, he just quietly retired. Uh, I think the same thing is going to happen with Levante David. Now everybody looks back and goes, oh, Derek Brooks was, you know, awesome. And, you know, people all across the league know him. And it, well, that wasn't that way when he was playing. I think Levante David is going to fall in that same. Well, Derek Brooks has done a lot of philanthropy mm. in his retirement. So they talk about that. Yes. And he stayed attached mm-hmm. to the organization. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, talking about some. New, more Bucks news. Uh, you know, we got rid of our kicker, Ryan Suckup. Well, yeah. Are we going to draft a kicker, guys? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like we should just for posterity's yeah. sake. Like, that Jason, would, let's make it a thing. That would be hilarious. <laughs> this will be what the third kicker. Our, ni- our 19th draft pick, we pick a kicker. <laughs> 19th spot. Uh, we ended up signing Chase McLaughlin, 26 year old. Uh, you know, just. We'll see. Whatever. <laughs> I guess he was cheaper. So yeah, uh, we have re-signed offensive lineman Nick Leverett to another one-year contract. It's like a un un or a restricted free agent. You know, one of those oh, okay. weird complex. Things. Yeah. Uh, so we're keeping him for another year, which is great because I really loved him. Uh, we ended up signing a offensive lineman Matt Feiler Feeler. F-E-I-L-E-R. Okay. I think he was from Los Angeles or? Yeah, the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't keep track of who's where anymore over in California. I know. <laughs> I know. The Raiders are in <laughs> Vegas. The Chargers are. I still call the Raiders Oakland. Yeah. Whatever. Good Lord. Uh, it's kind of like the Cardinals. They've switched towns so many times. I, you know, I still call them the St. Louis Cardinals sometimes. <laughs> Uh, we have re-signed our defensive tackle, uh, Deidre Sinat. So we've got, we've got 
Vitavea, we've got Vitavea teammate that we signed uh, and from yeah. college. Benning. Yeah, what was his uh, name? Didn't we cut him? I thought we cut him. Nah, we just signed him from uh, at, the, at the beginning of off season here. Okay. Uh, from the uh, from the uh, who was it? Wasn't the Rams? Who was it? Somebody we played last year. I can't remember. It's horrible. We should know this stuff. Uh, and the, and uh, we signed resigned his cousin Deidre and that. So we got like a Vita Vea. Deidre is his cousin. Is it cousin or did they play together? Yeah, I think what? Benning Patoia was his cousin. Ah, okay, okay. And they played together, but I think that they're. I think he's gone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll get it right eventually. Where will we? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, making like small off-season moves, but yeah, nothing, nothing like has been past three nothing years. Nothing groundbreaking. I mean, gosh, remember when we got Tom Brady? How it was just a blow, and then all of a sudden what? it was Gronkowski, and then Antonio yeah. Brown, and Leonard well, Fournette, Fournette, and, and then every year for the past three years has been these big, huge moves in off in free agency. Which it's weird. Uh, Donovan and Fournette have not been picked up by anybody. I know. I know. It's very strange. Like maybe. After going the, into camp after somebody, the draft, yeah, probably. I don't know if Donovan wants to play anymore. I really don't. Yeah, he didn't look like he wanted to play last year. I mean, and he's not old, but like he's been in the league for a good while. Yeah, like you could see retiring after that long. Yeah, and he and he's been a workhorse, and he's never gotten the love. You know, yeah. Uh, fans just have never really liked him, and you know he he just didn't seem like he's having fun. Yeah. You know, this this is a hard game to play if you're not having fun. Yeah, he got his money, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if he just quietly disappears. Uh, speaking of quietly disappearing, Gerald McCoy has announced his retirement, which is I don't know bittersweet. It's you know he he's only played what just a handful of downs in the past three years. Yeah. Due to yeah. injuries and stuff, you know, and he, injury was an issue with him. I was here, uh, you know, the first year after we drafted him, 2010. You know, he tore his bicep. I think it was his right bicep, mm-hmm. and then the next year he tore his left bicep. Mm-hmm. He he just he always had injuries. Now, when you look at it uh, on the on the stats and everything, the first couple of years he was injury riddled, but then after that, it was just games here and there. But we we forget during games he was always coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was one of the things that really, really bothered me about him was uh, when we played against Seattle at Seattle. I think it was 2012, and we were doing a push for the the playoffs, and we were tied with Seattle going into overtime, and Jeremy McCoy got hurt and went off the field, and we ended up losing. And then Jeremy McCoy was fine after that. You know, he walked. He gave a media interview, and then, uh, you know, he was at practice the next day and ended up playing the next week and everything. And I was, I was just so – I was like, what? Who? How? You know, you, you don't go into overtime, pull yourself out of the game or get hurt, and then you're fine after that, and we end up losing the game. You know, it was just – it really kind of soured me on on him a bit with – because this didn't seem like he had that strong mentality – of, you know, I will fight through 
injury to help the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you always got that sense from him. And there was always the, you know, he was a nice guy and all that good stuff. Media and loved him. Media loved him. Again. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But, Still, but he was he was the epitome of media darling. Mm-hmm. You know, he there was he there wasn't a microphone he didn't love. So, you know, he he had all all the local media guys had his personal cell phone number. They could call him anytime. You know, and he was just it. It's actually surprised me that he hasn't been into broadcasting yet. So we'll I know, see. I really thought, and you know, I think he'd be great to have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him on TV. He's, like, he's an interesting guy. He has a lot of interests, you know, yeah. uh, movie, all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think he'd be great in that field. I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to do anything, which that's fine, too. He got your money. Got his so. money, yeah. He, got, he made <laughs> he a lot that. of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I know how you feel about this, but let's talk about it. Ring of Honor. People keep bringing it up. I'm like, no. no. What did he do? No. What did he do? Stop with the, oh, he never had anyone around him. The organization bent over backwards to bring people in for him. Yeah. Constantly. Well, I mean, the whole time he was here, we had, uh, let's go through the list. Michael Bennett. Um, keep going. <laughs> I, listen. McDonald. I have a baby brain. Uh, yes. Clint McDonald. I mean, oh, we were constantly drafting guys bringing guys in to help him and it was never enough stop it you know that's always the excuse he has an excuse oh no one ever worked out well okay but i mean we've seen that in the last few years great players bring everyone else up with them well he he was kind of the reason why we started doing these podcasts because you know the I was hearing one thing from the media about Jerry McCoy, and th- this was the time period where we went from the Youngers to the Shiano men, mm-hmm. and the media just the media hated Greg Shiano uh, because Greg Shiano did not treat the media like a bunch of pampered darlings that I like to be treated, mm-hmm. and they went full bore on him and. It was every little rumor, every it was every day. It was Greg Shiano is just a horrible person, a horrible coach. The team hates him. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. The stunts, he did. Oh, the stunts! Yes. Oh my God, the stunts. <laughs> and I saw Gerald McCoy was being lifted up as the savior of the team. And he, he was, was kind of a victim of the head coach. Yes. And the head coach was making him stunt too much. And they talked about he was constantly double teamed. And that's really what did it for me because I'm watching game film and I and I'm like, he's not getting double teamed anymore than anybody else. You know, this is what are they talking about? And every week it was, oh well, you know, he's constantly double teamed and they're all triple teamed and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it, it really drove me to the point where I was like, I've got to start saying something about this because they're lying. You know, it was a lie. And would, I remember uh, it was, another again, another Seattle game. Everybody, for some reason, had gotten on this. We stunk too much. And, uh, you know, it was the, the whole media was just, we're stunt. We're doing all these ridiculous stunts and everything. We still stunt. We stunted Oh God! It drives me crazy. As anyway. much after Greg Schiano left. Yes, it was. A, it was. A, it was a staple of Jerry McCoy. Jerry McCoy loved stunt because he's yeah. fast. He was fast, so he liked to run around. Yeah, that's what you always heard about him. He had a, a fast get off. Yes, and uh, 
Jerry McCoy said he went to Greg Schiano during this whole stunt fiasco. He went to Greg Schiano and talked to him about too many stunts, and Greg Schiano said he was going to cut it down. And during the Seattle game, after the Seattle game, Jerry McCoy said, yes, we did less stunts because I went to Greg Schiano and told him to not run so many stunts. Well, I counted them, and we ran just as many stunts. <laughs> and I was just furious. I was like, why is the media letting this happen? You know, it's like the whole double team and triple team and Jerry McCoy it's not true. It wasn't true. I counted it. We He was double teamed just as much as anybody else, you know, and we ran just as many stunts mm-hmm. after that as we did before that. It was just, you know, and that's what I realized. The media is not watching game film. They're not doing the due diligence. You know, they're just creating narratives, running with it. And uh, that's why I was like, I got to start putting this out there. So it's kind of why we started doing this podcast, because I'm like, you know, we're not getting the full truth on all this stuff, mm-hmm. so let's let's kind of let's kind of help out the fan base with being able to see. And plus, there was so much negativity in the fan base at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh God, everybody was fighting and hating, mm-hmm. and I was like, we can't have that. That's you can't have a, a hateful fan base. Mm-hmm. It's just going to tear the team apart, and it did. Yeah, know? and it continued on through the love of years too. You know, so. Yeah, Gerald, Gerald McCoy retiring is kind of a bittersweet thing. Do I think he belongs in the Ring of Honor? No, because when you get in the Ring of Honor, your jersey gets retired. And for you know to say no, you can't ever have a '93, but he probably will because he had a real good relationship with ownership. Uh, he did. You think they'll put him in there? God, it wouldn't surprise I just, me. What did he do? Well, what I he, just he went to Pro Bowls. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, he helped Gerald McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I like Gerald McCoy. I like him as a person, uh, you know, and he had a great skill set. I don't think it was utilized the way it should have been. Stop, whole stop, tenure. because that puts it on the coaches. And I don't think no, it's no. on the coaches. I think it's on him. Yes, no, I think he did it. I think he yeah. pretty much had free reign to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And he, you know, he loved to run those stunts. And, you know, his thing was – you know, shooting the gap, beating the guy real quick and getting to the quarterback. Now, if he didn't get to the quarterback right away, that was, it was done. You know, he, he was not a bulldog. And he, was he wasn't strong. doing that at crucial times when we really needed it. Yeah. He did seem to tire out. Like, yeah, it, it bunch of stuff, bunch of stuff. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know, a, a, a player or a person, I like Gerald McCoy. Uh, I think he did suck all the attention out of the locker room. You know, it was always about Jerry McCoy. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 me. And, uh, all that good stuff. But, no, Ring of Honor? No. Don't think so. Don't think so. But he probably will. Because he's got to, yeah. you know. That'll make me so annoyed. A lot of guys, a lot of fans really liked him. Yeah. And I think ownership really liked him. So, eh, that's really I what just, matters. And the media definitely loved him. They still love him. I just think you should have some accomplishment to get in there. Yeah, well, he had his Pro Bowls. Which, of course, where does that come from? Media. Uh, it's very annoying to me. Okay. Oh, let's talk about the draft real quick. We were going to do a mock draft. Hasn't happened. I don't think it's going to happen before. <laughs> oh, it might. No, we have nine days. Okay, we, we might do, gonna do, do it. it. We're going to do it. All right, let's do it. We All are right, going to do We're going to commit to it. I actually have a plan. Okay. Okay. I have a plan, too, for my draft. Oh, check you out. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, we're not taking it seriously at all. Because <laughs> y'all know how we are with college football. Don't watch it. Um, okay. Don't know anything about it. Don't know nothing about it. Um, okay, do you want to talk about the draft now or wait? Like, hold off. Oh, we're going to hold off on that. Okay. We still got, I still got a ton right. of crap to talk okay. about. Okay. Uh, last of the Buccaneers news, specifically having to do with the team, we're going to go back to our, we're going to have a creamsicle game this year. I want a creamsicle Rondé jersey. I've had that on the list forever for you. <laughs> We're not going to be able to get it eventually. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah the, the 2012 was the last time we wore our cream soda. That was a, a decade ago. That's crazy. Years ago. Yeah, I remember. The, so, it was like, just no Green Bay one Packers. on this team has ever. Levante David. That was his oh. first year. And he's the only person on this team that's worn creamsicle jerseys. That's crazy. That is so crazy. I've never ain't seen it? Mike, Mike Evans nope. or Chris Scott. Like nobody. Nobody except Levante David. Mm. And that was the year that we uh, we wore it against Green Bay Packers. And, and that's when Josh Freeman came out and just destroyed the Packers. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a great game. Yeah. And I've I always hated those creamsicle jerseys. But that game right there made me have a fondness for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what that's what I went, oh, my gosh, Josh Freeman is going to be our franchise quarterback. We got him, guys. Oh, we had a great year <laughs> that year. And then the next year, just boom. <clears throat> that was that year. Or was that 2010? No, that was 2009 because that was 2009. the first That was the first year. Yeah, to. okay. Yeah. So 2012 was the last time we wore the creamsicles. Uh Josh Freeman was still here. So, no, it wasn't that Green Bay game. That was 2009? Yeah. God, that was so long ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah, 2012 sucked. That was a horrible year. I think that was when we had Shiano. That was... Yeah, it was Shiano's last year. That was the whole MRSA. No, right? that was his... First that was his first year. year. Yeah. No, that was a good year. That was a good year. Yeah, because... It was, but then it, there was so... There was so no 2013, yeah, that was with yeah. the MRSA and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The media really, really, really went after Shiano, mm-hmm. and the, that was when Freeman was doing all his drugs and we couldn't get him to stay on the damn field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, yeah, yeah, and this it's agent a, was coming out and saying all this stuff, and it's always a red flag to me now because of Josh Freeman, where they said, "Oh, he's the first in the building and the last yeah. one to leave." That's always a red flag because that's what they said about Freeman. Yeah, yeah. and uh, turns out. Not quite true. No. So, well, uh, so yeah, Bucko Bruce uniforms, and uh, I'm excited about it. I, you know, I've got to find this for him now. You know, but. you know, and it's something as a family, like you need some novelty and you yeah. need uh, something to look forward to. So it's nostalgic for a lot of people, especially people who have been fans for a very long time. You know, you you came into the league with. <laughs> With those uniforms, <laughs> it might not be a good nostalgia, but <laughs> yeah, that was, nostalgia nonetheless. Those were tough years for those guys, mm-hmm. man. That was a lot of losing seasons. Yeah. Eesh. So it'll be fun. It'll give us something to look forward to. And the fan base has been screaming for this for years. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy about it. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all because of that one helmet rule. Now that's been gone since 2021. I don't know why the Bucks didn't do it when Tom Brady was here because I really would have liked to have seen that. I um, think it just takes so long to get these contracts and get yeah. uh, get them made and whatever. Yeah. Bureaucracy, I think. Yeah. Okay, so now to some Bucks ad- adjacent news. Okay. Justin Evans, former Buccaneers, 
uh, he's gone from the Saints to the Eagles now. I can't believe that he's even still in the league. <laughs> I mean, he was on our team, didn't play for two years. Like, how do you? Um, uh, then he goes to the Saints, plays for a year, doesn't do a whole lot there, goes to the Eagles. Who knows? Uh, Mike Edwards, our safety. He's uh, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, yeah. interesting. Trader. Yeah. Uh, One-year contract for $3 million. He made two and a half million last year with the Bucs. Yeah, we couldn't have paid him that much. I don't think we wanted to, but I don't know Which if we could. Which is dumb. Anyway. Why not? Don't know. Don't know. <sighs> now, our, like our whole secondary, we got. I mean, all yeah. we have, we got Jamel Dean and uh, Carlton Davis, but and Anton and Winfield. Winfield. And then we signed uh, Ryan Neal, right? Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so yeah. maybe not the whole secondary. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they're. For yeah. a bit, yeah, we only had three guys, really. Yeah. Uh, that all brings us to the next one, Sean Murphy Bunting. He's gone to the Tennessee Titans again. One-year deal, $3 million, No, $3.5 million. He made $2.5 million with us last year. Right. So it's not like these guys are getting scooped up and given these yeah. big contracts. They're barely, I mean, well, one-year prove-it deal yeah. for basically the same amount they made last year. Like, that sucks. A little bit more. Uh, SMB is going to wear the number zero. Ah. Did you know that? <laughs> I know. I think you would tell me that. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't love I don't this either. This... Okay. Like, such a, my curmudgeon. I don't like the change. And I, you know, the, the single digits. Yeah. I, I didn't like that, and now you're gonna throw in a zero on me. Like, what are you trying to do to me, NFL? Yes, the I, I don't know what the what the NFL rationale is behind all these number changes. I know? think just to make the players happy. I don't think it makes a difference to the NFL, and really, it doesn't. Like, it, I, I hate it because I know, like, uh, some of the fans have strong opinions, but I mean, it doesn't really impact the game per se. It, so, it it does for me because I I don't look at players' names. I look at their numbers, especially when I'm watching game film. And usually, I'll I'll know players by their numbers before I'll know them by their names. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't normally say that. I'll you know I'll be like uh, 45 Devin White, you know, 54 Levante David. You know, and a lot of times on the opposing team, I won't even bother to look up their name unless they really stand out to me. I just call them by their number. And when I get a number like seven, who's playing defensive end, it throws me. You know, I'll be like, why is a kicker playing defensive end? You know, I, I still have – it's, it's taken yeah. me a long time yeah. to adjust. And now you got zeros out there. We're going to have zeros. That's going to throw me. You know, I'm going to be like, why is there a referee playing – You know, and, and now uh, with the new rules this year, the – Punters and place kickers can now use numbers between 0, 049 and 90 and 99. So that's going to throw me. I'm going to see a guy running down the field <laughs> wearing 99. I'm going to be like, why is there a defensive tackle out here playing special teams? Why is he so small? <laughs> yeah, why is he so small? It's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand what the sense is. I like the way it was where you could. You could look at the number and you knew what position they played. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. It's just for no reason. I don't get it. Don't get it. 
So that's what's happened to our secondary. Justin Evans gone. Mike Edwards gone. Justin Evans. Sean Murphy Bunning. I know we haven't had Justin Evans <laughs> for a year now, but in any case, he's gone. Yeah. So there's where our guys went. We, we went to the Eagles, the Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. I mean, I'm glad that they got picked up for their sake because uh, you know I like I like both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I hope that they we do had well. kept them. I know. I wish we had kept them. I don't understand why we didn't. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know, man. I don't know this coaching. Well, you know, okay, Mike Edwards had the vaccine thing where he got in trouble for that. Oh, that's So right. yeah. maybe that had yeah. something to do with it. it. Left a bad taste in their mouth, mm, you know. Could be. Can't blame him. And SMB, clearly there was something with him something. and Todd Bowles last year. Because yes, that was so weird. Was a healthy scratch. So many games at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think it wasn't until... Like week six, that he played a single snap. I remember and we, we were like talking needed about- him. It wasn't, you know, like I think due to injury, he had to come in. Yeah. Yeah. We remember during training camp, he was the designated mm-hmm. starter. And then all of a sudden, going into week one, they were just like, no, it's not going to be SMB. It's going to be Jamal Dean. Didn't give a reason why or nothing. It wasn't because of injuries or nothing. It was just all of a sudden they just decided, boom. Mm-hmm. And then Jamel Dean played. And SMB did not get a snap until late in the season. It was very strange, very yeah. strange. Don't know what's go- what happened with that. Don't know if we'll ever know. Mm-mm. Doesn't seem like we the media won't. gives a crap. I know. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of contracts, Jalen Hurts, this has nothing to do with the Buccaneers, but I thought I'd bring it up. Jalen Hurts yesterday signed a five-year, $255 million extension with the Eagles. $255 million, $51 million a year average. What is going on with this league? What in the world? It did this crap with Deshaun Watson, $255 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, and with this contract, he's getting $180 million guarantee. What in the world? Of the two, I think Jalen Hurts deserves it more. Yeah, I mean, at least he made, made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and he's been consistently good, and he's not a discipline problem. Yeah. Um, he's not getting them funky massages. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, these contracts are just insane. insane. And, you know, the with Lamar Jackson, you yeah. know, the idea is that the league is blackballing him mm-hmm. and – you know, he deserves this massive contract. And this just fuels that. Yes. You know, yeah. because he's been in the league as long as Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and, you know, leading his team to playoffs. And it just, um, stop it. Can we stop it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just, I don't it. get it. I mean, and, you know, I, I get it in a sense. I, I mean, the NFL makes an ungodly amount of money. Every year. Right. Between the games, fantasy football, advertisers, Super Bowl, um, you know, they make a ton of money. And in the play, I mean, it's driven by the players. Like, they're on the field. They're producing the product, mm-hmm. basically. So, I, I get where they're, it's, it's, but it's, you know, the millionaires fighting the billionaires. Right. <laughs> and, and you kind of, it's not. 
you know, as, as fans, as people in the middle class, you look at these pampered athletes who are crying about not getting a $200 million contract mm-hmm. where the vast majority of us are never going to see that kind of money. Right. Um, it's ridiculous. And the, the issue I have with it, and I can't really think of a time, and th- this has kind of you know, been a thing since – I don't know, the 90s, really, about these quarterbacks getting these huge, huge contracts. And and it doesn't it, stop. It's not like they're going to go back down eventually. It's right. not going to level out. They're just always going to go up. Right. And I I have a hard time remembering a time where it worked. Yeah. You know, you look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady never made big contract money. Mm-hmm. He was very consistent in in saying, I will take less money mm-hmm. so that we can spread it amongst the team. And this does happen. I mean, you, could you imagine playing on a on a team where you're a linebacker, say, and you're out there, you're playing every down, you're tackling, you're, you're making interceptions, you're hitting guys and all that good stuff, and you're making $2 million a year. And you get this quarterback who's making $50 million mm-hmm. a year. You know, he's out there basically every down, too, but he's not getting hit as much. He's not having to do as much and everything. And he's getting all the stardom. He's getting all the accolades. And, you know, these guys get resentful of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just happens. Uh, and, but then you get a guy like Tom Brady who, you know, his average salary per year was $14.5 million a year. The most he ever made in a year was in 2021, he made $39 million. That was by far the most he ever made. Through his whole career, 23 years, he made $333 million. And these guys are coming in and making $200 million. After five years or after uh, sitting on the bench for a year being suspended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, $50 million a year. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane, and they're not ne- they're not near as good mm-hmm. as Tom Brady or as accomplished. It's just I don't I don't. And they expect it after five years. Yeah, look at what Kyler Murray. What three years? He's in the league <laughs> yeah. and he's complaining. You know, I want my two hundred million dollars, yeah. and you're just like, dude, do something first. Yeah, do something. And I don't think these guys are going to last. Mm-mm. You know, they you know like. I think that uh, Baltimore quarterback is he's a very good quarterback. I think he's you know he's got great wheels, but he's also a very good pocket passer if need be. And I th- I think he can adjust to that. But I don't know about his attitude. Mm-hmm. You know the way he's been with Baltimore, I'm like man, he's definitely a me first guy. Yeah. You know, and that that'll tear a locker room apart. So I, that's the only thing I don't like about him. I mean, as far as you know, he. I don't think he's a pure running quarterback. I think he's a very, very, very good field general too. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's a good pocket passer. So I think he can make the transition. Uh, these guys like Jalen Hurts and all. You know, these guys. I don't think they're going to last. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. I mean, we've already seen him starting to get the injury bug. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he he was limping around in the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. So you know, we'll see if he'll be able to make the transition to a you know basic pocket passer. I don't think he can, mm-hmm. but. He can't see over the line. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, I think we're getting, you know, these guys are getting these huge contracts and I don't think they're going to be worth it. 
I will say, I think that me first attitude is pervasive through the league. I yeah. think it is more pronounced in quarterbacks when they get these contracts. Yeah. So it's very in your face and starts, but I think it's, you know, mm-hmm. we see it with Devil White. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, look at Levante David. You know, the guy's taken a huge pay cut just to stay with the team. I think he could have gone somewhere else maybe for a little mm-hmm. bit more money, but he wants to, to retire as a Buccaneer. It, I think those days are gone. He's yeah. the last of the Mohicans. You know, and Mike Evans might be that way. Yeah. Don't know. I really don't know. But he's him. also gotten paid. I mean, yeah, he's making enough. good, you know, top wide receiver money. True enough. So. It's going to be interesting, man. The NFL has changed so much. It constantly evolves. You know, we got all these new rules coming in this year. And, uh, you know, just every year it's different. And it just seems like it's escalating more and more mm-hmm. into all this rule changes and number changes. and Culture uh, change. Culture change, yeah. Don't know. We'll see how it works. But I don't know. Guys, what do y'all think? I mean, y'all excited this year? I mean, do you, do you think we're going to be? <laughs> really think we're going to be competitive? I don't know. I really don't. I I would have said yes. You know, January, the beginning of January. But now, after free agency and all the moves, I mean, Carolina is gunning for it, and this division is wide open. So it's a. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to have to see a lot. I think in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know at all what we got on offense, you know, with Dan Canales. We don't know. We're kind of getting the leak out that he's going to be a run first, run oriented. We know that's what Todd Bowles wants. Uh, do we, ha- are we going to be able to do it? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, but you know, I think it would be smart. If we could get it working because the NFL has gone so defenses have gone so pass happy, uh, so are, you know, in pass defense. Yes. Minded. So, uh, I think if it works. Yeah. You know, it could, it could make us competitive. Yes. You know, we've been talking about that for years and mm-hmm. the teams that do latch on to a running style because guys just, these defenses just, the tackling across the league is really mm-hmm. bad. All the schemes are designed to stop the pass first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got all these, uh, these new, Defenders, and I hate to sound like an old McCrud, but they, they're just not as tough and yeah. as mean mm-hmm. as days past. So if you start getting, you know, like like Tennessee Titans, you know, they're, you know, they they've been pretty dominant, just basically on mm-hmm. a, one guy running. You know, Baltimore has kind of been the same way. You know, they've been just run first team, uh, but it does seem like both of them have gotten tired out. At the end of the season, so mm-hmm. yeah, Derrick Henry uh, had the injury bug last year. Yeah. Had injury at the end of the season, so yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I just, oh man, last year was bad taste, but it was it was it was league wide. You know, mm-hmm. all the teams mm-hmm. sucked last year. You know, it wasn't just the Buccaneers. Look at the Rams. Look at the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. All, all these teams that were expected to be good weren't the only team that really. Kind of stayed the course with us, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bills dropped back. The, the Philadelphia, you know, the the their division was a little bit tougher than everybody expected, but they ended up staying on top. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know how. I know. Watching them, I was just like, I don't understand why they're winning. Yeah. 
I think it was kind of a COVID hangover. We had a COVID hangover. That was last year. You know, it was the first year that the in two years that they didn't have the protocols. Mm. Um, Take everybody was, was going out and partying. No, <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit of that, but I think it was just um, trying to return to normalcy when uh, after two years of abnormal mm. and you know that's hard and then all the guys that you get from college who had a lot of their playing time canceled because of covid yeah. you don't have that experience in the playtime, and so you're way far behind your counterparts in the nfl um so i think that had something to do with it too good points good points all right well we need to wrap this up we're going over uh, draft is next week, next Thursday, right? Yeah. Yep, next so Thursday. Nine days on the 27th. Wait, that's not next week. Yeah, it's next week. The it's week today. Right. So it's next Thursday, not this Thursday yeah. coming up. So yep, nine days away. It's going to be exciting to see how. I'm kind of just excited to see what our opponents are going to do. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and they are, they're all drafting ahead of us. So I know. And I don't know if I'm going to be awake at that 19th pick. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's too late. But you never know if we're going to yeah. move up or everything. It's always exciting. That first round is always exciting. You know, it's so long, though. Mm-hmm. You need to cut that clock down a little bit I or know. something. Yeah. But anyhow. Uh, guys, let us know what you think about all this stuff we talked about. And, uh, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think about the creamsicle stuff? Are you excited about it? Uh, what do you think about the Devin White stuff? You know, I mean, just like I said, generally from what I've gotten from the, the fan base is everybody's like, hey, you don't want to be here. It's nice knowing you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you think about Jerry McCoy? Should he should he be in the ring of honor? Um, what about the new numbers? I like good stuff. Just let, let us know what you think. And uh, Molly, you got anything else? No, that is it. All righty. Guys, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Draft next week. Uh, but until then. Go up.